Yeah, but we don't have any sponsors. We got no income. Uh, pretzels. I make 0.4 cents every time I say premium. I'm going to collect the bounty on John Mayer's head. So, I mean, I'm doing pretty well. The main the main issue is I don't share this with you because I don't want you to have a soundboard because then it's going to be all over. Welcome, welcome, welcome nerds and nerdettes, welcome obscurials of all shapes and flavors. You're listening to the Le Nerd Obscurial Podcast. Hi, I'm Eric. Et nous venons pour vous, Jean-Mer. Toi, fils gras de poop, parce que nous savons ce que vous avez fait. Et maintenant, il y a un affaire à payer. Vous pouvez essayer de courir, mais il n'y a nous pas. Ou vous pouvez vous cacher de nous. Nous les par nous ne pour charasson vos en l'orée à la foi de And we are coming for you, John Mayer, you greasy son of a bitch, because we know what you did and now there is hell to pay. You can try to run, but there is nowhere you can hide from us. Nowhere we won't hunt down your lily-livered, yellow-bellied, cowardly ass and bring it to justice to retribution, to revelation. So go ahead and pray to whatever Kansas City you call God, but it won't do any good because the devil has got your name down and we aim to deliver, or my name isn't the Oklahoma Kid. The Oklahoma Kid. So you do know that just going wah, 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 does not make it French, right? Hey. Oui. Where do we go from here? <laughs> this is the way. So Oklahoma recently went to Europe. This is the way. But not France. <laughs> but apparently he's feeling quite continental today. And uh, went to a lot of museums out there. Vous pouvez péter dans le vent, ma Dieu. You can fart into the wind, but God and your ex-wife will still smell the desperation of your questions. Okay, that is something. That's going to be our night, apparently. Only cats can tell the future of the past in this present day, but it becomes too tense. Uh, I went to a place called the Black Friar in London, and I got this wild 
game pie, which mm-hmm. had like venison and a pheasant and like all these kind of, like that was extraordinary. Really good. Like there's a really good English pub fair out there. And I think especially with Jamie Oliver is the famous British one, right? We. Oui. Right. And like th- there has been, I think, a real foodie revolution. Oh, the, the Bake Off. It's huge. Say on say can. This is the way. Which has Noel Felding, by the way. He's like the equivalent of like the Ryan Seacrest. Yeah, he's kind of the hoax. He goes from uh, contestant to contestant and then makes little quips and jokes and stuff mm. like that. I did make the mistake sometimes of trying to like, trying to get like a, a touch of home and try to fight to like a Mexican place in Europe and stuff like that. And it's always, they're trying, but it's very disappointing. Did you see Big Ben? We. Oui. I'm of the same mind as you when traveling, like museums, old things, and like different foods. That's where I want to be at. You know, like those are the things, like you said, when in Rome, those are things here in America. We don't have, we have some museums, but by and large, we don't have like the caliber of museums they have over there. And um, yeah, seeing old stuff because everything's so new here. Oh, but well, we don't have to do that on mic. I was going to share my voyage story. This is the way. It's a little bit uh, more triangulating. Oh, you can cut it all. This is all cat meows. Who cares? So we took to... So I thought we'd be able to do at least like the arcade and stuff. I knew all the rides weren't going to be open because it's winter, but we do the arcades and stuff and go check out some stuff. Everything's closed. The arcade, bowling alley, like everything. And they closed the wharf as well. They got this wharf, this pier that you walk out onto and it's got a bunch of restaurants over the water and all this stuff. That's kind of weird. And it, it had stormed the night before and there was like a bunch of like logs and stuff on the beach right there on the boardwalk and everything. Well, apparently they closed everything fucking down because there's a beach town a little bit south. That wharf fucking split in two with the surge. (laughs) Like literally it's hanging on by a thread with those big pillars. And these are like heavy built shit. (laughs) Like I saw the pictures like, holy shit. Like that was crazy. So yeah, that kind of changed the dynamic for us. But just with the high wind warning and that kind of stuff, it reminded me of that. I was like, whoa. Taking all accounts won't count the chickens that have been fried extra crispy. It's hard to travel in winter. You never know what's going to happen. Oh, but it's so much cheaper. Maybe we should take a moment and have a break here. But before we do... The winters are long, but so are my pants. I'm going to call this soups on, literally. Actually, not. Oh, fuck. Now nah, nah, I'm fucked. It's not literally because I'm not serving you all. I want to do some soup talk. I, I feel like we say soups on a lot. Say on, say okay. This is the way. We don't talk about soup enough. Soup is not being talked about enough. Let's really get into it. We have a tournament of champions. 16 soups. And I want to make it a list that... I've actually made all these soups. Besides just consuming it, I understand how the sausage is made and those kind of things. I worry I'm gonna get very contentious because I feel like uh, 
oh, a certain soup, you're not given a proper chance or those kind of things. Like even if I made all these soups and just like saved just a bowl worth, a cup worth even. Oui. So you can have like that experience. It would be years <laughs> that I would have time to make those 16 soups. Wonton versus chicken noodle. I will say that it's very versatile. I will say that as a soup maker, Every good soup is predicated on its broth. When you get it out of the can, you eat the soup that you paid for. <laughs> when you make your own, it adds another dimension to it. And like, there's chicken noodles that will fucking knock your dick off when you have like the right broth and the right homemade method and Wee. all that, you know. It's definitely who's wielding the, sh the sword when it comes to chicken noodle soup. Because we can all just take the canned soup, pour it in a bowl, pour a thing of water, and put it in the microwave. I do feel, as a white American, there's like a cultural thing too, where it's like, oh, you aren't feeling good? Here's some chicken noodle soup. Like, it's uh, chicken noodle soup and 7-Up is the, uh, you know, cure-all for all ailments for middle-class kids. You know what I mean? Like, it is a comfort food, though. We oui. For sure. And it's not something that's gonna like super impress you. It's not something that's gonna have like crazy flavors, or whatever. It's it's very bland and basic. But it's a comfort food, and it's uh when it hits, it hits. Now wonton, what side am I supposed to be fighting for? Les Scotsores de glace ne prevent pas prendre un blague Ice sculptures can't take a joke when gophers don't give them the time of day. Wonton soup always felt like an occasion when we'd get it in the Chinese restaurant. Oui. It was like, it's like getting an appetizer. It's like getting the chicken wings on top of the meal that you're going to get. It's like, oh, we're going to be special tonight. We're going to have the wonton soup oui. on top of it. Or if you're getting like the family meal, and that's usually what you'd be trying to get. And it, it's like an appetizer too. And it's really like that beginning of the meal that a lot of soups are oui. it's supposed to be. I will say this. As a constructor of soups, wontons, fuck that, dude. Like, you gotta fucking build the wontons. You gotta have, like, the pastry and make it, have the filling and make everything happen. And then, like, put it in the water exactly right. And, like, it is a fucking process. And, like, it is one of those things where, like, you have to sometimes consider, like, you're making the soup rather than you're receiving the soup. Like, if you're receiving the soup, it's so fucking good. When you're making the soup, it's like, you need to understand that that's good because I put a lot of fucking love in that. <laughs> like, in my creation of the list, the construction was considered. And as one who likes to make his own stock, oui. it's so easy to lead into a chicken noodle soup from a stock. I would not say chicken noodle necessarily has an advantage just by construction. I would argue that wonton actually for certain families and certain cultures and certain... We. That would be more comforting than the chicken noodle. Like, that's how comfort is shown. This is the way. I don't know. I, I don't have enough knowledge of Asian culture to definitively say that. Winner, chicken noodle, minestrone versus miso. Miso soup is gonna uh, suffer, I think, a similar fate to the wonton. And if anything, it's having more of an uphill battle because miso is 
definitely just like an appetizer. Like I, we're just starting off your palate here. We oui. so minestrone. The minestrone I'm doing right now. Like I said, making soups compared to just eating soups. We oui. the minestrone that I just that that's my minestrone re recipe. This is what I do. It's got no pasta. It's got what is the other thing that's like typical of it? But there isn't like all the green beans and all the other like weird vegetables. Sometimes minestrone gets it when it becomes too vegetable based. The one that I am doing right now in Minestrone Soup is, um, it's actually from Giada de Lerntes. That's kind of her recipe. Well, she just uses ground beef. I usually use ground pork, cannellini beans. And then, yeah, you have your usual onion, carrot, celery, uh, and then tomatoes, obviously, is the foundation oui. of the, the Minestrone Soup. But it's really fucking super good. Why food talk is always so good, <laughs> when it's like, oh, but like it's really good. Like if you tasted it, it'd be really good. I'm, I, I'm telling you, I'm oui. telling you, it'd be really good. But we've all had a minestrone. That's the one in particular that I've been cooking as of late. So that's me as a creator. What's your opinion of the minestrone, and do you think it should be higher than the miso? Winner minestrone, egg drop versus clam chowder. I'll say to the defense of the egg drop. Clam chowder is kind of fucking hard to make. <laughs> egg drop is actually really easy. And there's actually, it's it is kind of fun because you get to like move the soup all around while you have the eggs come in. Otherwise, you, I mean, you don't want to have a little heap of like scrambled eggs on the top, right? You got to kind of, you know, divvy it all up and, and play with that a little bit. So that's kind of cool. An egg drop soup, it, it, that's another one though. Like, obviously these are the bottom seeds. So it's like, it's, it's definitely more of an appetizer. It's more of like, I'm having this at the beginning of the meal and then I'm going to have all these other things with it. I, I'm, I'm trying to come up with more and more. Egg drop soup is fun, but we all know who's going to win this, right? I, I will say just to kind of predicate because uh, it's going to have further battles and it's not necessarily the heir apparent. It's not the only soup on the list. Clam chowder is better to have it served to you than to actually make it and eat it. And then also like, what is it about like the, do, do you have clam chowder not on the coast a lot? Because that's only the time I have it. It's only when I'm like near the ocean and there's something about like that jive and feel. Like I don't eat it a lot at my house. Winner clam chowder, tomato bisque versus chicken and wild rice. Okay, let's uh, let's just pull the curtain back. Chicken wild rice was put in in the zero hour because Oklahoma has never had Hungarian mushroom soup. So I'll say, okay, this is the way. And so, yeah, it's hard for him to be the judge and jury on a soup he's never tasted before. We. Oui. So we had to get rid of that, and we put this one in instead. I was hesitant to put it in the first place because it feels very similar to chicken noodle. It's a variation on chicken noodle. But that being said, I uh, grow crops of the rice variety, not wild rice in particular, but whatever we can perpetuate that people eat rice, eat your fucking rice. And there's plenty of just chicken and rice soup recipes as well doesn't have to be wild rice the best ones that i've had the best ones i've made always have a cream element to them as well 
So it's not just like your typical chicken noodle soup where you have your basic broth and all the stuff on there. Throw in a little bit of half and half on there as well to make it that creamy chicken and rice. That, that's a seller. That's fucking good shit right there. And that was, because it was thrown in at the zero hour, I didn't feel Hungarian mushroom would have been that strong to be higher up in the ranks, but this one I think actually should be kind of higher in the ranks. It isn't fair to the four seed? Where are we at? Five seed? Four seed? We. I don't really know who I'm supposed to be fighting for here. (laughs) Uh, So, tomato bisque. Dude, so tomato bisque I picture as well as a, a little bit more creamy, uh, tomatoey with some basil. Like it's like a thinned out pasta sauce with a little bit of cream, a little bit extra oomph behind it. And uh, you perfect a tomato bisque like it's fucking killer. It's amazing. And a climate that grows tomatoes very very well. It's fun to make. It, it's 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 also gratifying to get rid of all those fucking tomatoes. <laughs> And uh, this is a hard one. So I'll say, okay, this is the way. I made this one. We had these sun gold cherry tomatoes. We blistered them up in the oven first and then made a tomato soup out of it. It was just so good. That, that's the other thing. Like, what's tomato? What What's your tomato? You know, like, what kind of tomato are you using? Because you can have some really sweet, amazing tomatoes. You can have some just nasty cut off tomatoes. Winner, tomato bisque, French onion versus split pea. Oh, okay, so split pea, I have made as a soup. I, dude, I had to cut it with like the ham and split pea soup. Like split pea by itself, no, not a fan as well. It's got a lot of the soft content when you have the ham in there, especially, you know, and you get why it's been a soup for so long. I did want to give like the gauntlets of soups too, but this is low seed for me, low seed. And uh, frankly, pretty much every other soup we've talked about, I'd much rather have them split Say it on seke. There's gonna be a lot more of praises said for its opponent. It's gotten, it's gotten. Le temps ridiculé tous les que on. Time makes fools of old horses who were led to the waters of the rivers of sticks and we mean the band. Winner, French onion, butternut squash versus corn chowder. Oh, see, so I did not even think about matchups at all. I just kind of wrote things down as they went. Now, I will say about the butternut squash, and I know this will be an uphill battle, but one of the best soups I've ever made was a butternut squash just done super simply with a you know good broth. I think it was a homemade broth. Yeah, it was a homemade broth and just a little bit of salt. Like it's so simple and it could be so fucking good. I think it's a pretty popular soup and that's why it was so high seated. It is unfortunate that it is facing against the corn chowder because the corn chowder is actually one of my best soups. That is actually like, I put it low on the totem because it isn't a well-known soup and I did want to make it like, these are the soups that we all expect to be on the list. Like I can't just make, I'm really good at this one thing. So that's why I'm going to put it at number one, you know? A corn chowder, I make it with chicken. I do it with turkey. Dude, after Thanksgiving, a turkey soup. You get that turkey fucking broth with that carcass and make a corn chowder out of that. 
so good. Uh, corn chowder usually has also got the potatoes in there too. It's like, it's one of the most well-rounded soups. It's almost a fucking stew. It's like this close. And I think, I, I would love you actually to compare a clam chowder to a corn chowder that I make and to, to see where it would level on with you because you obviously have a big love for cor for clam chowder. How the mighty fall upon the knees of bees to claim postal codes for the ages of all womankind. I will let butternut squash move on. But for what I just poured out to you that I think is my best soup. Okay, butternut's going to move on. But I make a good corn chowder, so fuck you. All is nothing in the eyes of a forlorn wombat on the search for answers at Lost Loves. Winner, butternut squash. Broccoli cheddar versus Pam and white bean. Oh, fuck. Okay, broccoli cheddar, obviously the more uh, noticeable. Everyone has heard of a broccoli cheddar. I'm, so I feel obligated to try to talk up a ham and white bean. And it is like one of my favorite soups. A good ham and white bean soup, you got, it's a white bean being like great northern uh, butter beans or too big. But, you know, small white beans. Preferably, you have like ham hot or a you know, ham bone as a part of the equation there. When you get it in like the broth, it's got this soaked in ham taste and ham bone in oui. the broth. It's so good. And then the white beans like work so good off it. And then also they always have, you know, the onion, celery, carrot combination on top of that. It is a really good soup. I really, really like it. I'm a huge sucker for broccoli cheddar. I've made it before, like more recently than the uh, the other one. And it's a fun soup to make. It's a pretty easy soup to make. I do like, and it's something actually with the, the butternut squash as well. You use the immersion blender and you kind of like get everything not only like cooked in but like uh, swirled in. Broccoli cheddar is fun and challenging because like you need to pick out how much you want to take out and leave on the side. You mix everything up and then you throw it back in. And like a really good broccoli cheddar will have that incorporation of the two sides. That's actually really fun. And I've always just like broccoli cheddar. <laughs> it's like a fucking soup. Winner, broccoli cheddar, lentil versus chicken tortilla. Oh, this is the last of the first round then. We. Ooh, chicken tortilla or lentil? I'm gonna have to try, I think, make a case for lentil. Because the versatility of the lentil, being both a protein and a vegetable, or at least vegetable, it's, it's a little bit more easier to go to vegetables. They're, they're straight bean soups and stuff, but it's a little bit its own beast. You cook up a lentil soup and you get that real like crumbly feel inside of it. And it can feel like a stew. It can feel like something's a little bit thicker. Also, I've made some killer lentil soups where it's like, it feels a little bit more brothy. The lentil has a lot of versatility. Now, much like the split pea, I also know the lentil, you can add some pork protein into some ham in particular. And uh, also just take it to another level. And something that you don't expect out of your typical lentil soup. We. Oui. Chicken tortilla is a nice soup, and it's a very convenient soup after making your own stock. And uh, chicken tortilla, 
Well, if you want to talk about proximity to minestrone with the recipe that I have, <laughs> that is actually the closest. The only difference is that you're adding like cumin and um, chili powder and these other kind of more like taco seasoning kind of oui. stuff. That's really the only difference. Today. But the the tomato definitely has to be there oui. in a chicken tortilla. But a chicken tortilla soup is really fun and good too. Like it deserves the right on the list, I'm going to say. And as high as it is, too. Now, that's my opinion. Oklahoma, do you think the chicken tortilla deserves to be on the list and deserves to be at number nine? Are you more a fan of chicken tortilla? Do you think it moves on, like, automatically, or? We. It's very interesting, because you like Indian food quite a bit. I think... I think I have a softness for the lentil as well, because I feel like lentil soup is, like, a big thing in like the vegetarian community this is the way and like in college i was a vegetarian for a while so i like because they cared a lot about it they made some really good ones and so like, i got it you know like oui. and i would maybe argue that done right well with all of these soups frankly one that's done really really good and one that's done really really bad oui. you know either of them could go there's a reason like i said that i think it belongs on the list I think it, it is, in, in a lot of ways, as soups go, a uh, pillar that deserves to be on the list. But I'm totally cool with chicken tortilla going past because it's got a lot of pizzazz. And especially because pozole didn't even get on the list. Oui. There's no other soup on this list that you could, in good conscience, throw a jalapeno pepper into. Winner, chicken tortilla. So that's the first round. We'll move to the quarterfinals. We'll take a moment. I'm not going to say it anymore because it keeps making Oklahoma sad that I didn't bring any. So you know what's on. You know what you've done. <laughs> no flavor of soup will cover the sound of dogs giving constructive criticism you refuse to hear. Okay, Oklahoma, we're up to the quarterfinals. We've made it. What's our first matchup quarterfinals? Minestrone versus butternut squash. I finally showed Oklahoma a picture from the recipe that I, the recipe I was using. And you started to understand that looks a little bit more like a minestrone. So the last time I made that minestrone, it's why I have a little bit more tenderness and why I wanted to talk about my particular recipe. We, we had just come off Christmas. I actually ended up doing it for New Year's and we did a prime rib for Christmas. Prime rib, like the name says, has rib bones. A little fuddy thing that uh, not a lot of people realize, but I'm trying to exploit now. Also, the prime rib comes from the primal cut that has the beef back ribs. So every time you get a prime rib, if they're super cheap, at the store for Christmas, because everyone's trying to make a nice Christmas for everyone, well then, equally, the beef back ribs are gonna be super cheap. 
So I, uh, between Christmas and New Year's, did up uh, beef back ribs on my little pellet smoker thing. Then took all those bones and made a beef broth with that minestrone. Beef broth is the base of the minestrone. You have the ground pork as, uh, well, I showed you the recipe. They were using ground beef. I feel that's too heavy. I feel like the ground pork actually makes it a little bit more even keeled. So that's, that's my personal choice on it. But then you have all the other elements with the carrots and the celery and the onions with all that. And for me, it's, it's, uh, for me, it feels a little bit more Italian for some reason. Like it doesn't feel as Americanized. Like there's a lot of recipes that were like oh this is uh, this is italian or this is chinese no that's american shit i made a butternut squash soup which is one of the best soups i've ever had so it has huge potential it is definitely a great median for a soup and uh if you got no hang-ups like oklahoma does then uh definitely go towards it and uh try to make a great one because also i will say about butternut squash for people who actually like to make soup it is blissfully simple you don't have to do a lot of bullshit in comparison especially in minestrone if you want to throw in the pasta and do all that kind of stuff like better squash is blissfully simple <laughs> there's no timing there's no other bullshit you gotta deal with so but minestrone rightfully should move forward we we got next on the docket Winner: minestrone chicken noodle versus french onion okay Folgers. I, I can't make an argument for chicken noodle. French onion is vastly superior. It's the fucking best. <laughs> for my mind, probably going to win the whole fucking thing. Chicken noodle is put on there because it's a popularity contest when it comes down to it. But like, it has no chance. Just like pure flavor and distinctness. And like, dude, when you get a chicken noodle where they fucking deglaze with red wine on the bottom before they add the broth. Oh my God, it's so good. Like... French onion, I'm sorry. Did I say chicken noodle? When they get that French onion, like when you really fuck with the goddamn onions and you get the little bit of fucking uh, flour going over the whole thing, you deglaze it, the red wine, then you bring the broth up, and then you get that ooey gooey fucking cheese on top of that. It's hard to fucking, (laughs) hard to fucking miss on this list. And I love chicken noodle. It's got the total comfort. It's got everything with it but french onion soup is so distinct it's something kind of a big grandiose if you can do it really really well but also it's like so simple you could make it every day it's not like you're buying a lobster or a steak or anything like that they're onions onions are fucking cheap you know and that's all it really is that that's my pick but i don't get to pick them when the ball is in your court all bets are off but a ship with no sails carries no debts Winner, French onion, tomato bisque versus chicken tortilla. You can make the argument that chicken tortilla is a derivation off of tomato bisque if you really want to. So it's a question of does the additions made to a tomato, a chicken tortilla rather, from a tomato bisque, does that... Is that more prized as a soup than the OG? You know what I mean? Like, is the evolution better than the original? And I would argue no. I 
do like, and I do feel definitely another one of those things where it's like, if you're just talking about a meal, you grab the chicken tortilla every time because that's going to actually fill you. It's much closer like a stew. Like, hey, this is a meal. This isn't a precursor to a meal. And the tomato definitely is. The chicken tortilla, besides you can do it good or bad, is pretty stagnant. The chicken tortilla is the chicken tortilla. With the tomato, there is I would argue quite a bit of variance. And I talked earlier about like that sun gold cherry tomatoes that I roasted up and made into one. Like, but yeah, you can change things up that way. Like you can use these Roma tomatoes. They're just absolutely amazing and fucking really do it up. And you can add a little bit of sugar. And that's actually a pretty common thing with tomatoes, soups. There's like purple tomatoes and you can kind of change the color of it too. Like I, I just really think the versatility and also kind of argue there's something, especially with the chicken noodle gone is besides chicken noodle soup, the most comforting soup out there. Like that and some grilled cheese sandwiches. It's just like a rainy day. You feel a little sick. You get those two things. It's very comforting, very like so that's my vote winner tomato bisque broccoli cheddar versus clam chowder so broccoli cheddar for me broccoli cheddar was something uh served at our high school in, in the lunch line right we you be able to buy broccoli cheddar there what i love love broccoli cheddar is that i would take like a bunch of saltines and throw that in there and then like a bunch of cheese we oui. throw it on top of there and no matter how terrible <laughs> the lunch lady made that soup you throw all that in there and like you're mashing it all up and it's just like it tastes so good then i start making my own broccoli cheddars and realize oh you can actually make it really good without having to do all that we oui. <laughs> but i still love to throw like a ton of saltines and a ton of cheese on top it is one of my favorite soups it's one of my favorite soups to eat I've only made a couple times, so I don't want to give it that kind of status yet. But it is a great soup. And it's one of those, like, classic soups, you know? It deserves to be on the list. But it doesn't beat clam chowder. Winner, clam chowder. It's made its way on to the next round. Legato de Ori de España ne vendron pas de secret or gardes de. Rice cakes from Spain won't sell secrets to storehouse guards on the graveyard shifts. Let's maybe take a moment and then we'll get into the final four. This is what I'll say. I'm trying to compose the right one, but you've already told me, oh, I eat it every day. <laughs> I will have a clam chowder every day, all the day. But curious, do you find a difference when it's at the coast? As one who eats it all the time, and then you go over to the coast. Because for me, that's clam chowder. Clam chowder is at the coast. Clam chowder is when you're looking at the water. And for some fucking reason, and I don't know why, and I've had clam chowder where we live as well. 
But for some fucking reason, it always tastes better. It's always better there. I've never had an experience where like, this is inferior on the coast. And I have had that experience with mainland clam chowder, if you will. And it's something that makes it special as well. And it's something that like, why it's so good and why it is the worthy adversary to a, a French onion soup. Because French onion soup is a special thing too. Both of them are very special. Both of them are very good. But I'm curious if, if you agree with that. It's always better by the coast. Your premise has flaws like the plans of mice thwarted by cheeses of all lands and peoples. Or that in the broad sense, it's better at the coast. You may have a great clam chowder inland, but like whenever you're at the coast, it always seems to be a little better. We oui. French onion, why I brought it up, that, that idea of, oui. was that French onion is, uh, of course, everything being equal and all that kind of stuff. Like you can be in fucking any part of the world and French onion is going to taste like French onion. Oui. It's going to be fucking good if it's done really fucking good. You know oui. what I mean? a dit un jour qui a brûlé le pipi. My trop de pain de vivianness. A wise man once said it burns when I pee, but too much meatloaf is never the answer. But nor is it a curse on the saints of all laboratories. Les laboratories. If it wasn't phasing clam chowder. <laughs> I do have to say this, though. And so maybe why I'm resisting a little bit. I have had some clam chowders where they weren't exactly diligent about putting the clams in. And I could literally taste the sand. When it's done bad, it's done really bad with clam chowder. Is it better to have the median or is it better to have the best of the best and then deal with the lows. I put clam chowder on here and I think I've made it once. French onion, I got in my back fucking pocket. So I'm coming from like a, the cook idea as well. And so yeah, I, I'm picking French onion every day of the week because fucking I know how to do French onion. Oui. I fucking got that shit in my sleep. I don't have that oui. with the clam chowder. So I don't feel comfortable being all in with the clam chowder because I don't have that yet. Winner, clam chowder, minestrone versus tomato bisque. Again, every time tomato bisque comes against something, it's like, I know you, you're my grandkid. Savoir es le moiti de la batille, my leotre motre es. Knowing is half the battle, but the other half is cutting fuckers' heads off, so says Weedmaster P. I have made both of these soups several times. I have a lot of love for my version of the minestrone, and we've oui. talked about this quite a bit already. And I've made quite a few tomato soups, and I like as well about the tomato soup the awesomely basic principle of it, and the fact that just that I have a shitload of tomatoes in my garden, I can make a bunch of tomato soup. That being said, even in the um, vegetable, more vegetable-based form with the pasta and stuff like oui. that, it does need to be considered just as with the French soup, which one is really going to be filling? Which one am I actually going to be like, oh, that was a soup. You know, The minestrone fits that bill. Minestrone can be its own meal if you really want it to be. We oui. And um, I think the minestrone takes it away. Okay, let me 
throw this out here. We tomato soup has that versatility in the varieties of tomatoes you can throw in there. We but a tomato soup is a tomato soup. We really, what comes down to it, you can maybe adjust how much basil you put in, maybe how much fucking cream you put in, or stuff like that. Cream is maybe the most generous factor that you can change we. a tomato soup with. Minestrone soup, you can kind of do a lot with, and I think that I was kind of showing that with my analogy of the recipe that I was following we. with the cannellini beans. But that is not the normal minestrone soup. The normal minestrone soup is very, very different. But the fact that that is still a minestrone says something about the versatility of a minestrone. The world is your oyster when capitalist pigs fish on the farm. Weather minestrone. The final minestrone versus clam chowder. We all know what's going to happen, so why do we even have to fucking go through the motions? The smile on your face is just so ridiculous. Patience is a virtue, but impulse is the privilege of the gods of warm bread. Winner and champion, Clam Chowder. I'm going to make you a clam chowder, or corn chowder. I'm very interested to see uh, your opinion after that. But I think a... A little message from our friend Serge Gainsbourg over here will get us out of this. Oh, vous voulez jouer? Vous voulez jouer à des jeux être intelligent? Tu veux jouer à des jeux comme les putains d'enfants que tu es avec ton soirée majeure de mère et ta petite bite de bébé? Nous allons jouer à des putains des jeux trois enfants pathétiques. Que diriez-vous de un jeu de jeux? Oh, you want to play? You want to play games and be clever? You want to play games like the fucking child that you are? Le podcast du Nord Oscariel est une production de Gazus Unor. C'est Gazus G-E de Z-O-O-K. Retrouvez-nous sur la web chez gazusunor.com slash miaou. Sweet meow. Si vous avez aimé la musique, vous pouvez trouver plus à gazouzonneux. Donc on se la chance. C'est chance. Les podcasts de Nordoscorial sont contents à la réception de vos laissés blanches. La propriété exclusive est propriété par les droits de tour de Gadzooks ou non. Alors, The Nerd Obscurial Podcast is a Gadzooks and Nerd production. That's Gadzooks, G-A-D-Z-O-O-K-S. Find us on the web at gadzooksandnerd.com slash meow. Yes, meow, M-E-O-W. If you liked the music, you can find more at gadzooksandnerd.com slash fields. That's fields, F-I-E-L-D-S. The Nerd Obscurial Podcast and its content are, except for the steal this joke joke, the wholly owned and copyrighted property of Gadzooks and Nerd, so don't go stealing any of it, except of course for the steal this joke joke, or we'll have to sick big pretzel on you. Any works, products, concepts, or otherwise intellectual property not owned by Gadzooks and Nerd, mentioned or discussed in the Nerd Obscurial Podcast, are done so under fair use for the purposes of commentary, critique, and obviously comedy. So please don't sue us because we can't actually sick big pretzel on anyone. The views, ideas, opinions, and beliefs expressed in the Nerd Obscurial Podcast are solely those of its creators, which is to say your esteemed host, Eric the Troubadour, and do not represent the views, opinions, or beliefs of any individual or entity named, referenced, or alluded to in this podcast, including, but not limited to, Noel Felding, Leonard Nimoy, The Wizarding World of Harry Potter and its parent companies, The Buggles, Me, The Oklahoma Kid, The Black Friar Pub and its parent companies, The Lunch Ladies at the School District of...
some chef lady whose name I don't remember, my wife and her parent companies, the great state of Oklahoma, and of course, all cats everywhere on the internet. Hail Cthulhu. Je ne me souviens pas du nom. Ma femme et ses sociétés maîtres, des grands états de l'Oklahoma, et bien sur tous les champs partout sur Internet. Je vous salue, Cthulhu. You're as transparent as the ghosts that make you blow them in the dark of night as shadows creep through the alleys of the city of your mind. Your ass is the plaything of ancient pharaohs and future tyrants. You are a bug on the windshield of the bus that carries the hive mind on its way to an orgy where they and I will violate your whole bloodline, ancestors and descendants alike. How do you like this game? you dog fart of an illusion of a whore's bad dream when he, yes he, is in the grip of a fevered syphilitic tennis match in the bowels of hell inside the bowels of a cat. Do you feel clever now, with your breath like the decaying corpse of the hopes of the British Empire as it feeds on the semen of elephants and escalators, and your face like the underside of the scrotum of all the fears of all the boats that sank in the name of cheap tea for rich men who also fucked your father in the ass. You are the cowardice of John Mayer. You are the knife OJ used to stab the heart of Harlem straight through a crocodile's, how do you say, Cooch, you are the sweat on the ass of Thomas Jefferson as he furiously jerked off to Sally Hemings while standing over the backs of sheep. You are, how do you say, Jerry Curl in the hair of Bill Cosby as he plotted and schemed while fucking a syphilitic whore as they play a fevered match of doubles tennis in the bowels of hell inside the bowels of a cat inside the bowels of Detroit. And the opposing team? It is you and baby Hitler, the only one who will stand by your side. And you still lose, even as Cosby and the whore play the match while one has syphilis and the other is inside the first. For you are as bad as tennis as you are at any game. You are a rapist of decency and koalas, a disgrace upon your house for all the times you have sold naked photos of the bones of Queen Victoria to the zombie of Richard Nixon, a stain upon your nation for all the times you put your baby dick inside a radio and called it a roller coaster. Children of tropical climes curse your name and chipmunks spit in your general direction. Now go be clever, you dirt inside the cunt of a Norseman who stands inside the belly of a flamingo that is wrapped in the anus of the corn belt local politician whose shit you eat as you grin your shit-eating Soyez intelligent, vos salatés, à l'intérieur du cool de Norseman qui se tient à l'intérieur des ventres d'un flamant rose qui est enveloppé dans l'annonce de la centière de mes politiciens locaux qui est de la merde que vos managers escoiront votre soirée majeure de merde. <laughs>